Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Yeah, come on. I just hope we can win a game. Come on. Dropping stats over beats. It's the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. Yo, it's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips. It's the fantasy freestyle. You win championships at the fantasy freestyle. Dropping stats over beats. It's the fantasy freestyle. Always coming with the heat. It's the fantasy freestyle. We got strong takes and tips at the fantasy freestyle. You win championships with that fantasy freestyle. You know what it is, it's Rocks and Speeds back at you with the Fantasy Freestyle. We dropping stats over beats on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Going into the Fantasy Playoffs and Week 14. I know you're ready and excited for this, right Rocks? Yeah, man, uh, it, it's a little bittersweet, you know. Obviously, with the rise of DFS, winning your league, uh, you know, getting a bye, being in the playoffs is not the be-all and end-all. And I'm in a couple of leagues that are a little shallower, uh, 10-team leagues where I'm still fighting for a playoff spot. But I That are still not, in the regular season, huh? Yeah, it's still the regular season, so you got to pay attention. I did not, as you know, uh, finish in the top six in our home 14-team uh, keeper league. You did, and you've got to buy. So I got I to gotta tip my cap to you and say congratulations on that. It's been a good regular season. Hope none of your dudes get hurt when they should be taking a rest on that bench this week, though. We're cheering for no injuries and no fantasy freestyle listeners that Rox brought that up. I did not bring up my own fantasy team, okay? I'm ready to keep it moving like we need to do. Rox, yo, check this out. Last week, we saw the first couple of games in the snow and that dramatically, that dramatically changed things for a couple of people most notably Colin Kaepernick with a one out of four for five yards showing and he was eventually pulled there were some crazy things in the game in the snow in Green Bay as well um, besides not only uh, you know there being no completion in the first quarter in the game in Chicago in Green Bay we saw our tampered production Brock Osweiler not really doing it but you and I Rox we had a gentleman bet on DeAndre Hopkins in that game and with a late touchdown in the snow I think DeAndre Hopkins we had a a gentleman's bet of if he would finish in the top 24 he in fact rocks last I saw he was uh, 16th going into Monday Night Football I think probably only T.Y. Hilton outscored him Uh, so I would I think it's safe to say that he was in the top 24 this week mark another gentleman's bet on the side for speeds but what do you think about the snow in general starting to impact as we get into December yeah, uh, one of the things I feel about that is that, you know, obviously you need to always check before the one o'clock games kick off, but it's even more important in DFS where your entire lineup locks after that first game starts. And as someone last week who initially recommended not only uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, who shocked the world by only completing one pass, but Matt Barkley, who had a decent game by the low bar that Matt Barkley has set. Um, but those are both guys that I pulled out of my lineup when I saw that it was going to be snowing in Chicago. One thing I'll say is if you're the type of person who likes to, when the slate is looking weak on a Thursday, play those Thursday to Sunday or Thursday to Monday games, I would avoid doing that as the weather can become increasingly an issue and there's basically nothing you can do when you see that blizzard heading in and you've got two wide receivers playing in those games. So that's just something I would say, avoid that as always, you know, know your settings, make sure you have bench options available if you've got guys going in the you know the the northeast and uh and the midwest where those conditions can be brutal and that tundra can get frozen yeah i've been talking about the gradually freezing tundra of lambeau field you know rocks that brings up another good point not only is it the point in the season when uh snow and weather starts to get involved you also have to start to consider this is the point of the time of the year where some of the teams know they are out of it and are starting to uh you know make their reservations for their tea times and their golf and their vacations. You know, like consider the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Last week, completely laying a dud, gave up and quit in that game on Monday Night Football. Now, they're going to the West Coast and even against the crazy, horrible San Francisco team, that team is actually uh, giving up points against the Jets because everyone thinks they've mailed it in. I think someone like the San Francisco defense out of nowhere becomes viable and there's a number of teams in this situation 
education is the equivalent of, you know, playing your kids. I think we have crossed that threshold now for a lot of teams, even the Browns looking to get RG3 back. Um, so what do you think about that, Ross, in, time, in terms of also, you know, people starting to give up and how might that impact or rest players? How might that impact your weeks moving down the stretch? Number one draft pick in the NFL is an incredibly, incredibly valuable thing. You know, you've seen rebuilding efforts basically based entirely on having that number one pick hitting the lotto and getting a franchise quarterback or selling it for a king's ransom and restocking your entire system with picks in the years to come. One of the things I'll say, you know, to, specifically to your point, is that uh, I don't necessarily think that San Francisco's defense is going to be a bad play this week, along the lines of what you're saying. They made the Jets made uh, the indie defense look like world beaters yeah. last week, and and that was uh, that was with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick playing a decent part of that game. Uh, you know, perhaps Braves Petty might be the answer in the future. He is not the answer on the road in but Week listen, 14. But listen here, Rox. Like you know, this is the time. To your point, this is what you were saying before me uh, off air. This is the time of the year where you're starting to try to just ma- maximize your matchups. You have two, three weeks left. You know, interestingly enough, Rox, if you were listening to Shot Ballers yesterday on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, I got a call from my homegirl Terry from New Jersey. She made her playoffs. This is a, a recurring caller. She made her playoffs. She thanks me for this decision. But she said uh, she was worried about uh, the Giants defense that she's had all year. I said, yeah, you do not play the Giants defense this week with JPP going out against the Cowboys. Against I was the like, Cowboys? Look no, for no, teams. no. Look for like the San, uh, the, the San Franciscos. I was like, look for Indianapolis. They've been horrible all year, but they're playing against Brock Osweiler. I was like, get the matchups and you know at this point in the season, there are a couple of teams that are, you know, just mailing it in and uh, you need to you need to maximize these matchups in season long leagues. One of the things, one of the things that you said too, you know, if you're playing in a league that starts two wide receivers, there's no more buys. You don't need five, five wide receivers yes. on your roster unless you, unless you have the best wide receiver core ever. What you do need maybe though is the best defense on the wire right now by yes. matchups. That's going to be a week 15 play. What you do need to do, again, something else that you said and I completely agree with, handcuff your stud running backs. It's insane to me how many of these guys that need to be handcuffed, their handcuff is sitting out there in 50, 60, yes. 70 percent of leagues. There's it's just no reason for that. that. It's crazier than that. Alfred Morris, 14 percent owned. Okay, uh, Jalen Rashard in Oakland, 12 percent owned. Are you kidding me? If you, if you're a playoff team, it's very possible you've been riding Ezekiel Elliott or Latavius Murray all year, and you're gonna tell me what behind the two best offensive lines in football. You're going to not want that opportunity. How How are you in a league where you have Latavius Murray 100, like a 99% owned and then Jalen Rashard only 12% owned? You know what I mean? I mean, you saw this basic You saw this basic same thing happen last year where a lot of teams rode Tim Hightower in that sure. high-powered Saints offense to the championship. Uh, and simply, he was, he was out there. Maybe he wasn't someone who was as well-known. But these are well-established handcuffed situations and if I could do one thing in this week's show it's implore you right now it's actionable information get out there drop your fourth quarterback drop your ninth wide receiver drop your third tight end or whatever it is where you have redundant extraneous depth and pick up that handoffs right now yo Uh, and speaking of that time of year uh hot stove Sure, sure. We go to baseball. We go to baseball. The winter meetings. We keeping it hot in the winter meetings, yo. That's hot in the streets, if you remember from Fantasy Freestyle during the baseball season. Um... We're both uh, Yankee uh, fans. We all know this, but uh, Chris Sale to the Red Sox is no bueno, in my opinion, because that gives them not one, not two, but three Cy Young lefties in their rotation when you have uh, Sale, Price, and Porcello. We know the Red Sox can hit. Have they surpassed Cleveland with the acquisition of Sale as the best team in the American League? Yeah, I mean, what I would say, uh, Speeds, is that the Red Sox have remained one of the deeper farm systems in the league, and you see them... Give it up, Mankata. Give it up, this kid that throws 105. Well, that, that, well again, 
they they gave up a lot, but the Red Sox, I think, have reestablished themselves as clear-cut win-now mode. Honestly, though, the loss of Big Poppy is not something that's going to be ridiculously easy to replace today. They just signed uh, they signed Mitch Moreland to play some first base, and it's going to move Hanley to the DH all that the time. Excite me. You know, uh, no, it doesn't. But honestly, it's it's addition uh, by subtraction, getting Hanley out of that out of the outfield and uh, into the DH position. I think honestly, they also signed Koji uh, Koji to go with Wade Davis. The Red Sox are making moves and they're, they're establishing themselves. I think the team that's saying we want to be in that World Series next year. Cleveland, uh, you know, they did that all without Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley was really the face of their franchise for the two years before he uh, he went down with shoulder injury, couldn't really get right all year. He's going to be another guy uh, that's going to contribute for them that didn't do much last year. It'll be really interesting to see what they're able to do as free agency continues. But going back to our beloved Yanks, uh, me and you have been going back and forth. We didn't really talk about it, but we, we've been texted a little bit. Uh, Matt Holiday? Yeah, I'm not excited about Matt Holiday. I actually... Um I, I think he's just going to block at bats from guys like Tyler Austin, guys like Greg Bird, guys like Aaron Judge, guys like Ref Snyder. I want. I think this year is the last year of the turnover of Brian Cashman's plan. This is where you, you get the rest of the money off the books. You know, the CC money comes off the books, and you're, then you're in prime position. So what I would have liked to have done this year is let all the kids play. Let the Sanchez's play. You know, let everybody play, and then we're going to be in a better position to see what it is that we want to invest our money in, and we would then be able to do so I would have let all these 25 year old arms pitch I want to see what we have and then I make my move in the market I actually think the Yankees will wind up in a couple of years with Josh Donaldson and Bryce Harper and that'll be the studs of a new of a new reign for the New York Yankees but that is a long time away especially with the Red Sox looking as dope as they do Yo, so we're definitely going to keep holding you down uh, with all these free agency moves, what they mean. And it is that time of the year, though, uh, Speeds. You know, I'm starting to do a little bit of Christmas shopping for the wife, for for my parents, my brother. And I was just thinking, you know, I was always a big sports fan. I was thinking back of some of the great presents I got as a kid growing up, you know, some of the things that were kind of sports related uh, that really kind of made my childhood that that were really the dopest, best present I received in terms of dollars spent by Santa Claus, a.k.a. mom and dad. Uh, Don't say that. Santa Claus, yo. Santa Claus. Spoiler alert. Santa Claus. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, Santa Claus, yo. Kids be be playing that fantasy. Um, For real. That's a double entendre. Hope you got it. Um, Yo, but I I got probably, and I want to say it was like 92, 93 whenever it dropped uh, Tecmo Super uh, Super Bowl Absolutely. for the original Nintendo it's made quite a comeback in some of those commercials featuring Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson I probably played that game for like 5,000 hours 5,000 hours uh, oh, yeah. what was your best sports related Christmas present that you received when you were growing up as a kid in the Bronx you know I like the ones you were talking about before you know love the Papa shot on the basketball hoop but I am reminded because uh, my mom still tells me the story of her waiting outside the back of a truck, you know what I'm saying, to uh, be able to get Mike Tyson's punch out back in the day. So that was a big time game. I did like the Tecmo Super Bowl, but I do remember the lengths that my mom said she went to and, you know, it fell off a truck for her in the end. I also like uh, experiences over things, my friend. So I like getting tickets to games and stuff like that. I still do that. And that's what rocks and speeds are going to do. We, we go to the games. We hold you down with all this information. It is that time of year, rocks, when we come back though it's going into week 14 these people need to know what to do to win their league and win that win cash so that's what we're gonna do and check it out yo uh i put my money where my mouth is rock said it before as you know i'm still playing i have both sharkandrick west and d'angelo williams backing up my running backs hopefully though someone on the waiver wire hey rocks you think someone can get one of those new jersey state troopers you saw that on monday night football yo they were covering ground and laying the bull Yo, if you play in IDP leagues, they have to have been the hottest waiver pickup. Word. I would use my waiver wire claim for that. And listen, I might still need something. Check it out. When we come back, what Rocks and Speeds are going to do here on Fantasy Freestyle, we're going to drop stats over beats on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're going to go game by game, tell you who to sit, who to start, who to fade, and what you need to do to uh, make it happen in week 14. Rocks and Speeds, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ha ha, come on right back. Pay them bills, pay them bills. 
hello, you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You already know this is Rocks and Speeds. We dropping stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We are getting you ready for week 14. There's a few games that we have interesting takes on. Rocks and Speeds, we got to hold you down. The first game we want to look at, right, Rocks, is the Chicago Bears-Detroit Lions. You know I've been on Jim Bob Cooter the entire season, and now, lo and behold, the Detroit Lions are in first place. They are eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I don't know, Rocks, uh, for a team where Matthew Stafford has had to lead them back for seven of their wins when they were down in the fourth quarter, I don't see how they could be giving up eight and a half points in a division game, even against a team that is on its last legs at the Chicago Bears. How do you see this game, Rocks? I mean, I think probably a lot of that uh, spread has got to look at how well they did, the Lions did on the road last week against the New Orleans team. It's been similar to the Detroit Lions in that they've played a lot of close, tough games, whereas the Detroit Lions have won those games, the Saints have lost them. One thing I will say, Jim Bob Cooter and that Detroit Lions offense have really, really limited their turnovers. Matt Stafford has only thrown five picks on the year against 21 touchdowns. That is incredible. And they are doing that. They're being efficient. They're not actually producing a ton of yards. Speeds, would it shock you if I said that the Chicago Bears offense is actually averaging more yards per game than the Detroit Lions and that Jim Bob Cooter? No, that would be a function of garbage time yards in my opinion. And remember, all the way back to the beginning of the year, Rocks, I told you that the evolution for Matthew Stafford would come from the fact that he would not have to focus in and force the ball into Megatron, thus being able to take care of the ball more and utilize the like, so no, they don't have a number one weapon, but they have four or five weapons that are all legitimate and can create mismatches on a third corner or a safety, whether it's Theo Riddick or Eric Ebron, or if it's any one of their three wideouts, Golden Tate, Anquan Bolden, or Marvin Jones, who I do think will be back this week. On the Chicago side of things, Rocks, I like uh, Cameron Meredith this week. He is like the only healthy Chicago Bears wide receiver, you know, like Eddie Royal and uh, Marquise Wilson, although he did return to practice later in the week and might give it a go. I think Cameron Meredith is the uh, wide receiver to own and at only $5,400 that's bargain basement against the Detroit Lions defense that is 31st in defensive DVOA despite holding you know Drew Brees in the dome to only 13 points I think this Detroit defense can be had I think Cameron Meredith is the guy to do it he's the only person I like on Chicago with the exception of you know Jordan Howard who you run out and is probably a back end RB1 for the rest of the season yeah, I would definitely say, and it was surprising me while I was looking into this game, Jordan Howard is actually tied for the league lead with some of those big names you would expect with 500 uh, rushing yard games this season. That's, that's that's despite the fact that he did not get hold of that backfield uh, until a couple of games into the season. Jeremy Lankford, who showed up in a big way last week, I had him in a couple of a uh, couple cash games that really paid off with the three touchdowns, and while that Detroit Lions defense has been pretty trash as a whole this year. They've improved a bit. One of the other things I just want to say to look at real quickly in this one is Matt Barkley. We're speaking about obviously teams that need to see what they have. I don't necessarily think that Matt Barkley is going to be the answer moving forward. I do think though that he has really performed admirably in a couple of starts this year as a third string quarterback on a team where the first and second string quarterback were no hot stuff to begin with. Very important games on the slate, not only in fantasy football, but in real football as well. Where you want to go? Yo, I'm going to give you a hot second. Uh, pack your long johns. Get those construction tims with those little things where you smash them up and they keep your feet warm. Make sure you've got a lot of layers on that torso. We're going up to Buffalo. We're going up to Buffalo for the 7-5 and five Steelers against a 6-6 six and six Bills team. Speeds, I know that you like it when... Teams basically try to do opposite things to each other. The Bills want to run the ball. The Steelers make teams pass. They funnel everything through the passing game. They really stack the box. What gives do you think in this one up north in Buffalo? You can't imagine it's going to be too nice to be in the stands. 
No, it might not be nice to be in the stands, but I think both teams will be able to move the ball. The Buffalo offense is underrated, in my opinion, although I will say this. News out of Buffalo this week that they are not sure if they want to commit to Tyrod Taylor um, beyond 2017. Tyrod Taylor, to me, is a classic example of someone who is a better real quarterback than fantasy quarterback. You know, um, Tyrod Taylor only getting, you know, what, 191 yards last week. He does get that rushing touchdowns to salvage his day, but um, I I would ride Shady McCoy in this game. I think they're going to ride Shady McCoy. I think even though the Steelers are sixth in the NFL in run defense, they give up only 92 yards a game. I don't think Anthony Lynn cares. Anthony Lynn is making his living off of Shady McCoy, and he will continue to do so. On the Pittsburgh side of things, you know exactly what you're going to get from Big Ben, from Left Bell, and from AB. I would like to say that yet another week, I would like to call my shot like I do on Shot Callers on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and tell you that Ladarius Green is not going anywhere. After his six-catch, 110-yard, and a touchdown performance last week, I think he is uh, another game where he is involved in the Steelers' offense, will potentially get in the end zone, becoming a big-time red zone target down the stretch for Big Ben, and I like him again this week. Uh, again, if you do not have Gronk, if you are worried about Jordan Reed, Darius Green is the tight end you can use. That's how I see this game, Rock. Yeah, man, I really like, uh, obviously, there's, there's nothing not to like about Le'Veon Bell's season to this point, coming back after that three-game suspension and picking right back uh, where he left off as the focal point in that offense. However, he's only got three rushing touchdowns on the year compared to nine for LaShawn McCoy. And LaShawn McCoy, has been he's, he's really had a great year. And I think when we take a step back from this season, uh, and as another guy who missed some time, you're really going to look at LaShawn McCoy as being one of the true fantasy studs. One thing I will say is that I think positive touchdown regression is coming for Le'Veon Bell. The Steelers have had the least goal-to-go plays in the entire NFL. That's obviously because Big Ben has been throwing so many of those long touchdowns to the likes of Antonio Brown early in the season. It was Sammy Coates. You even saw Darius Hayward Bay get in with a couple of those. I think that you're going to see that regress a bit, and you're going to see actually more touchdowns in the fantasy playoff from Le'Veon Bell, adding to an already ridiculous floor, buttress, yeah, I said it again, buttress by his average of seven receptions a game, which is third in the NFL. That's not for running backs. That's for everyone. My man is averaging seven catches a week, and I think he's the second best play this week other than David Johnson on the Arizona Cardinals. Yo, let's keep it moving. We got to go to this Sunday night football game where it's a big NFC East matchup. Okay, uh, Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, you know they do not like each other. Um, um, one thing on each side, Rocks. For me, on the Giants side, I keep an eye out for Paul Perkins because I thought this was all Rashad Jennings, but Paul Perkins got seven carries uh, last week, one more than Rashad Jennings. He's actually part of this offense again. So uh, not so fast thinking it was all Rashad Jennings' backfield. I would fade Rashad Jennings if they want uh, Paul Perkins to get some touches in a cold night on a Sunday night late in the season. They're going to rotate both of their backs on the Dallas side, my one point is something that, to bring it back to the top of the show, what we said, all these guys that gotta be owned. Alfred Morris is only owned in 15%. If you own Zeke Elliott and you are in the playoffs, you need to own Alf Morris. This way, just in case, you don't go down in a sack of flames saying, what if? That's what you gotta worry about for Sunday Night Football. Hey, Rocks, one or two things you're looking at in this Sunday Night Football NFC East matchup. I'm gonna piggyback Back off what you just said there. Zeke already has 10 games of 20 plus carries. That's the most for a rookie since Eddie Lacy did it in We talked about this in our preseason episode, Rocks. We talked about this thinking Them about they were going to wear him out Dallas or not. Is saying, Dallas is saying they're not going to take their foot off the gas pedal. But again, touches are great for a running back, but every time you touch the ball, you're at risk for injury. So do the right thing. Lock up Ralph Morris. They call him out. Another thing I I'd say uh, I think Odell Beckham is going to have a great game in this one. He's actually accounted for a solid one quarter of all of the New York Giants yards uh, from scrimmage this year. That's the highest in the league. He's playing against a Dallas Cowboys defense that's been stomping out the run and the Giants run game is weak to begin with. They're actually allowing 77% of their yards through the air. I was not a math major in college, but I'm saying that when 
when I add those two percentages together, multiply them, and then do a regression analysis, I'm thinking this is a recipe for Odell Beckham to wind up with over 100 yards through the air and a touchdown. And also, yep, 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 just just did the last thing in Excel. He's going to have one ridiculous touchdown celebration in prime time. I thought we said there would be no math on the fantasy freestyle. We drop stats over beats and then do the regression analysis for you. There you have it. Rocks and Speeds highlighting our three biggest games of the week that we think there are some important things for you to check out. When we come back, what we're going to do is we're going to bless you like we always do on the Fantasy Freestyle, not only dropping stats over beats, but also giving you our game flow genius, our diamonds in the rough, and what else rocks are we going to give them? Our fantasy boogazies. That's and right. All of that fits into our common core curriculum. That's right. Holla. Forget about it. Yo, rocks and speeds, dropping stats over beats on the Fantasy Freestyle. You can catch us now Saturdays on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can also catch us on that Audio Boom, on that Stitcher, on that Google Play. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, just like any championship caliber lineup. This way you subscribe, you set it, you forget it, you get rocks and speeds every week, dropping stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle. You can also follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Freestyle. Leave off the last E because we don't make any errors on the Fantasy Freestyle. Rocks and speeds always making you money. You can send us some questions. We'll answer them in a mailbag definitely next week, week 15. But we're going to be right back, give you our flagship segments, Rocks and Speeds, dropping stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Keep it right here. I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Rocks One, young fist full of rings. I'm here with my man, Speeds. We are the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you're a longtime listener, you know when me and Speeds bursted on the scene, we had a segment that people couldn't get enough of, and that's our Diamonds in the Rough and Fugazies. Forget, Forget about, about it. it. That's a Fugazi. How do you know it's a Fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a Fugazi is. And those rings, those diamond rings that rocks one rocks, those diamond rings are the type of things that help you win your league and win that cash. So I got a couple guys this week. I'm going to start with one that uh, he's coming off a buy. He's uh, he's not the cheapest tight end. He's kind of uh, kind of middle of the pack. Uh, I really like Delaney Walker this week. You know, despite missing a game, he actually leads tight ends in touchdown receptions with six. And he actually scored in three or four games before Tennessee went into their buy. Denver has been brutal against opposing passing games, but largely that's been their complete ability to down corners to destroy everything on the outside. They give up a little bit of work to the tight end position, and I think Mariota has got to know that his best option, as he's shown throughout the season, is going to be Delaney Walker. I really like him to post a solid line this week, looking at about five catches, let's call it 65 yards, and he's going to get in the end zone. Spike that football. Delaney Walker for 6,200 on FanDuel. I like him. That's a diamond ring that's going to shine in Tennessee. I like that. I like that call, Rox. Yo, check it out. My first diamond in the rough. And uh, I think this is the week. I got to predicate it with this. I think this is the week where it happens, Rox. You know what I'm talking about? The Cleveland Browns get their first and maybe only win of the season. If not now, then when? I just hope we can win a game. Here's what I'm saying, Rox. Yo, they're coming off a bye. They are at home against a divisional opponent that they 
know a little bit. A divisional opponent that has been decimated by injuries in the Cincinnati Bengals. And um, I think they get a little infusion from RG3, that little short-term boost at home. I think the way they do it is by him connecting deep with his wideouts on the outside. He has some weapons on the outside. Remember back in preseason when we were talking about the, the big play potential of the Cleveland Browns? It has not come to pass. Many people know about Terrell Pryor, but they don't know about as much as Corey Coleman. This guy has come back from a broken arm earlier in the season and is an explosive weapon. I think they connect for a long touchdown and put it down Corey Coleman, the Baylor connection with RG3. Put down Corey Coleman for five catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. Ooh, and that is value at DFS. Ooh, that is a pure diamond. What you need to then go ahead and buy those holiday presents for your fam. That's a diamond in the rough. Corey Coleman. Yo, I like that speed. And that kind of actually touches off of something that we were talking about at the top of the show, about teams really needing to see what they have in some of their young guys. There's no reason why the Cleveland Browns wouldn't do a little more to get the ball to that rookie wideout who has flashed at times. My call uh, for my second diamond is a guy that I had shouted out last week, did not go my way. Feels a little weird. You know, I'm outside of my comfort zone here, but I'm going to rock with it. I do not think that Colin Kaepernick is going to be nearly as highly owned this week at $7,300 on FanDuel right. in tournament games as he should people be. People go away just because him. of the snow effort? You don't think people throw it away because it was the snow game? I don't know, man. How many people really know that? How many people are paying that close attention? His stats were so bad. His stats were so bad. He got benched uh, for Blaine Gabbert, you know, which is just one of the most humiliating sentences you can ever hear said about well, yourself. Well, listen, that Jets defense quit and is horrible, and Darrell Revis looked like uh, an old man who wants to give up football, so you never know. Yo, Speeds, we talk about the memes. Uh, there's the crying Jordan. I would kind of like, I, I challenge everybody out there, the toasted including, Revis? Uh, including our boy Young Leland, uh, who make memes. Can we get old Revis? We it's like, you know, like something, something is passing by Revis, you know, like Revis is at the library and the internet's yeah. happening, or, right. you know, old Revis. I'm just putting it out there. But, yo, how does, how does an island decay? Maybe the eroding island? The eroding island? <laughs> That's good, too. Yeah, you get like a polar bear on an ice, uh, on a little yes. ice, uh, an ice, an ice That global warming has affected. Global island. warming and Father Time are both undefeated, Joe, for sure. Um, Check it out, man. I got one more diamond in the rough, and I'm being consistent. I'm being consistent here. I'm going with another Coleman. I'm going with Tevin Coleman in that Atlanta LA Rams game. I think uh, Tevin Coleman growing in his role. He had 12 carries for 49 yards, which is actually almost even with Devontae Freeman, who got 15 carries. It was Freeman who got the touchdowns, but those things are fluky. And I like Coleman out of the run game. And I think in a game against the Rams, where the Rams are one of those teams that have packed it in because their head coach can't even find the challenge flag in his damn jacket, I think Atlanta. Atlanta needs this game, and I think Atlanta gets this game. Their number one offense in the NFL that scores 32 points a game is going up against the Rams defense that people think is stout, but is only 15th in the league in defensive DVOA. I think Tevin Coleman gets in the end zone, in the end zone, and gets over 70, 75 combined yards. I think he returns nice value. Tevin Coleman's another diamond in the rough. Week 14, get your playoff money with Tevin Coleman. Yo, for every diamond, there's a Fugazi. Actually, sure I take that back. For every diamond, there's many, many, many Fugazis. I'm going to shout out a couple of wide receivers that I do not really think are worth their price this week. And it's funny because both of them scored a touchdown last week. The first one I'm going to shout out is uh, Devontae Parker on the Miami Dolphins. $6,700. He was banged up last week with a bad back. A lot of people were saying he probably was going to be inactive. Surprisingly, he did play. Props to him. He came through scored a touchdown. However, the Cardinals defense, number three in the league against the pass, and he is drawing the toughest matchup out of all of them. He is going to be matched up as their top outside wide receiver against a ton of Patrick Peterson on Sunday. That's what we like to call a matchup to avoid. Peterson is pro football focus, is number 11 corner out of 122. He was only given up two touchdowns in coverage all season. We've seen a little
little more versatility out of Parker as he's gotten more mature in this league, but he remains a big play threat and someone who's largely needs to score a touchdown to basically return value. I also, I will point out, and don't get it twisted, I'll point it out, while Miami is a slight favorite in this game, the Cardinals have really been terrible this year going from the West to the East. I do not think, however, that's going to extend to Patrick Peterson. I think he locks Parker down, and he's a full gazy who returns no value. It's garbage for $6,700 on FanDuel. Forget about it. That's a full gazy. How do you know it's a full gazy? You looked at it for two seconds. It's a fake. Yeah, I know what a full gazy is. Forget about it. You hear Rocks throwing shade at Miami. Let me ask you something, Rocks. Does that mean you like Jarvis Landry instead? Jarvis Landry got, got back to his old ways with 11 catches last week. Like, do you think they attacked the number two? Like, who then does produce? Or is this a case where the Arizona Cardinals go west to east and just shut down the Miami offense altogether? I know you've been I, back I and forth on Jay and Jai throughout the year. I mean, I've been down on Jarvis Landry. Who, if anybody, where do you go in Miami? Or do you see the Cardinals just uh, dominating in this one? A lot of this uh, for this game depends on how healthy Tyron Matthew really is. If he is banged up, I think, or, or definitely if he sits, I think that Landry has a much better matchup. Landry, also in fantasy, has shown a ridiculously consistent high floor. Not every single week, but I like Landry against a banged up Matthew a lot more than I like Devontae Parker against Patrick Peterson. I am fading Jay Ajayi. He had those great uh, he had those great games early in the season, the back-to-back 200s, but the, the Arizona Cardinals are very, very, very tough against the run. No slouches against the pass either. And this is a, a tough matchup for a Miami Dolphins offense that completely embarrassed itself in a meltdown last week against Baltimore. I'm fading them all. Alright, for sure. I would think that is the right way to do it. I also think Arizona, who still maybe, uh, you know, got off the mat last week. I think they might still uh, bring it a little bit better than that Adam Gaze offense. Um, my first Fugazi to forget about is uh, a wide receiver who, you know, started the year real hot coming back from injury, looked like a true wide receiver one, and has then been a Fugazi for the last few weeks, and that is Kelvin Benjamin of the Carolina Panthers. I do not like him, even though he's in a matchup against the Chargers, um, and I expect this to be a high-scoring game. Listen, both of these teams on some level have been reduced to the long ball. You know, Phillip Rivers throwing bombs to Tyrell Williams, getting big plays from your boy and my boy, Dontrell Inman. Inman. Yeah. Are sort of the same, you know. They take their shot downfield with Ted Ginn Jr. Kelvin Benjamin caught a big bomb a couple weeks ago, but check this out. Since week two, Kelvin Benjamin has only gone over 80 yards twice. Since week two, Kelvin Benjamin has only gotten into the end zone twice. Since week two, Kelvin Benjamin has only had more than five catches twice. Last week, he only caught two out of nine targets for 18 yards. Uh, Ron Rivera admitted this week that they probably have rushed him back. I don't think that that's the move. They're going to be going to Olsen. They're going to be using a little bit more funches. They're going to be trying to hit uh, Ted Ginn Jr. over the top. I do not think this is a week for um, Kelvin Benjamin. If you are in your playoffs, do not uh, like the shiny name. Do not hold on to what happened in the first couple of weeks of the season. Kelvin Benjamin is now a Fugazi. You can do better. Don't trust it. It's a trap game. Fugazi. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. However, I don't really understand where Ron Rivera is going. It seems to me like they're looking for someone to blame for what's been basically a lost season in Carolina. Um, you know, yeah, their mercurial and quarterback. Their mercurial quarterback to me seems like the main uh, the, the main reason. However, he's obviously got a lot more of a platform to defend himself. I understand Rivera not wanting to get into it with him, but yo, when you rush someone back, in my mind, generally they fail in the beginning and then they kind of get their footing under them. I haven't heard about Benjamin really dealing with any injuries. I haven't really heard a lot about his knee even really needing to be managed. If anything, I think this is as much on the coach chicking staff as it is on the players outside of Cam Newton. I don't really think that's a smart move for Rivera to try and throw uh, his third-year wide receiver under the boss. Rocks throwing shade at Riverboat Ron here as we drop stats over beats. 
It's the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We got a couple of other people to avoid here in week 14. We call them the Fantasy Fugazis. Rocks, who else do we got to forget about in week 14? Oh, unless anyone forgot, first I gave you the Savante. Now I'm going to give you Dante. Moncrief, the Creep in the Cave, $6,400. On fan duel looks bright, looks shiny. That's largely because he has scored a touchdown in all five of his last games. His six touchdowns are actually 10th in the league. However, and that seems like an argument for, but I'm going to give you the other side of the coin there. Ridiculous reliant on those touchdowns. In fact, more than half of his fantasy production is coming from inside of the red zone. Which would be okay except for a weekly floor without a touchdown in fact he's only got an average of four catches look nice but let's be real not chris carter not gonna score a touchdown every single week and i think that this is the week that the texans are fifth in the league against the pass you see Clowney back at practice gonna help out with that pass rush a bit and i'm facing him this week i'm saying days ahead this is the week the touchdown streak ends forget about him fade him Yo, I don't know, Rocks. You know, anybody who listens to not only Fantasy Freestyle, but also Shot Callers on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network knows that Speed's spin statistician is always high on the creep. And I would be willing to make a gentleman's bet with you that this week in a big game in the AFC South where the Houston Texans, whose pass defense is decent, and I like Kareem Jackson, but Kareem Jackson will be on T.Y. Hilton, and I like Moncrief in that number two matchup. I would be willing to bet that Dante Moncrief this week gets either a touchdown like he usually does or he will go for over 80 yards receiving. You push that number up to 90 and you've got a gentleman's bet. I, I, I think that's a wrap, yo. He's going to either in week 14 get a touchdown to continue that streak and make him reliable or he will make it okay because of the yards because uh, in what he has not done in the last couple of weeks, if he doesn't get in the end zone, he will get over 90 he yards. He's gone over 65. That's a gentlemen's bet for uh, week 14. We shall see, yo. Yo, Rox, I got a Fugazi, and it's interesting. We went all wide receiver edition for the Fantasy Fugazis on Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and I got a big boy to let them know. This is someone who is probably, in my opinion, I know a lot of people say Antonio Brown, people like uh, Odell Beckham. For my money, this is the best wide receiver in the NFL, and I'm talking about Julio Jones. I'm talking him about uh, coming off a game where he had seven catches for 113 yards. Here's my concerns this week for Julio. He has been back and forth all year, pendulum swinging. He is now dealing with the turf toe. He even gave an interview earlier in the week, said, you know, it's not that he's hurt. It's these general aches and pains and pulls. He's talking like uh, he's talking like Megatron post-retirement. Post I don't like it. Remember I told you I had a diamond in uh, Tevin Coleman in this game. I think he's going to take a larger share of production. I think there's a lot of other places you can go. I know you like Tyler Gaylor. Was a decoy this week, Speeds? What's that? Julio is a decoy this week, Speeds? Yes, you know I've been calling that before. They have used Julio as a decoy before. I think after the long plane flight, that doesn't help the aches and pains either to get to L.A. I think this is more of a decoy week than a blow up and be amazing week. Do not pay for the points. Rox will tell you, when you pay for the points, when you chase the points, the points start running. I think that's what's going to happen start with running. Julio Jones this week. I think he, unfortunately, is a full gazy. Forget about him. Just for week 14. Save it word. Now, you know, I, I think honestly, it's been tough to really pin down uh, Atlanta this season. Like, they started ridiculously hot. They've cooled off a bit. Julio is also, even in some of his bigger weeks, been a little bit allergic to the end zone. You know, a little bit of Andre Johnson in his Last game. week, seven catches, 113 yards, but he didn't get in the end zone. So, be interesting to see how it plays out, how that game script plays out. You could definitely see the Falcons getting ahead big in that game and kind of taking their foot off the gas pedal against the Rams team that is just, you know, hoping to know uh, the main key play. 
players on the other team and where the challenge flag is, that, that would be a step in the right direction for that dumpster fire of a franchise where the GM and Jeff Fisher were both extended. Horrible. Crazy. Crazy. Oh, Yo, Rocks, we got horrible. one more thing we got to give it to him. We gave him our diamonds in the rough. We gave him our fantasy fugazis. We also, you know, we let him know because we can not only tell you uh, what players to do, we also call these games for you. We let you know. And with the different game flow come certain people that we think are going to be in prime position to pop off for you in week 14 to win your league and win that cash. Hey, yo, Rock, those are the game flow geniuses. Who's your first game flow genius this week to give to the people? Week 14, people are depending on you, Rock, because they got playoff matchups at stake. Yo, and since people are depending on me, and since when Rocks and Speed Eats agree, that's when you can win your league and win that cash. I'm going to put forward someone I think you may be in agreement with before I put out someone I think me and you are not necessarily going to see eye to eye on. My first game flow genius is Brandon Cooks. On the road against a Tampa Bay team that has been putting up points and looking pretty good. Uh, Brandon Cooks is only 6,300. Michael Thomas has missed some time this week with a foot injury. His reps are going to be managed, I think, in this game. If he goes, if he sits, I would bump Brandon Cooks way, way, way up. Yes, we understand he's much better in the dome. But Tampa Bay is very, very middle of the road as far as a pass defense is concerned. And Drew Brees has proven even on the road this season, he's able to exploit those matchups. I also think that Tampa Bay is going to be up in this game. And you have not seen the Saints ever stick to a ground game when they're behind. Hell, they've hardly stuck to a ground game in the games that they've been winning. They're going to be trailing early. They're going to stay trailing. Brandon Cooks, the big story a couple weeks ago, wasn't targeted. He made some noise. Last week, the squeaky wheel got the grease, as happens so often with these diva wide receivers. He turned nine targets into seven catches for 73 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but that's a solid fantasy day. He is a big play waiting to happen, and he also does work in the screen game and intermediate game. Tampa Bay is actually allowing the third most uh, passing plays of 20 plus yards in the league I, to wide receivers. I think that bodes really, really, really well for him. I think you can get Brandon Cooks this week as your wide receiver two for a wide receiver three price with wide receiver one upside. And a lot of that is because of the way I think that game script is going to play out. $6,300 Brandon Cooks on FanDuel. Do it now. Thank me later. No doubt, Rocks. I'm interesting call. That game, that Saints-Bucks game down in Tampa has an over-under of 51. You gotta like games with over-unders in the 50s. I'm gonna stay in that same game because I think that's gonna be a back-and-forth game. I also like Tampa Bay. Remember, they are hot and they need to try and win this game to keep pace with the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC South. I like that game and I want to really help people out because I think the tight end position could be hurting some people these days. Rob Gronkowski out, Jordan Reed, shoulder. He might give it a go, but he's probably going to be lot severely limited. In this, lot game, in this game, I really like Cameron Brait. Okay, Cameron Brait is a guy on the Tampa Bay Bucks. He went 6 for 86, got in the end zone last week. This guy has quietly become, I think, a top 10 tight end, and he is 70% owned. That means you and your boys right now that are at the bar, there's four of you, one of you are in a league right now where Cameron Brait is unowned, and if you are also that dude and you don't have Rob Gronkowski, you can thank me later. I think against this Saints defense, which is 30th in the NFL, giving up 27.9 points a game, I think Jameis Winston has found something of a comfort level with Cameron Brait, and I like that connection. I think they're going to get in the end zone and return some value for you. Cameron Brait, I think, is an incredible value for you um, on those daily sites. He's someone I'd look for, especially on season long. He is, he is unowned in places. Is go get him game flow that's going to be a back and forth game I like the over on the over under of 51 and I like Jameis Winston to Cameron Bray that's my game flow genius for week 14 rocks I like that and Bray is also a guy who has been seeing uh, he's getting a lot of targets on the routes that he's running earlier in the season he wasn't seeing quite as many targets quite as high of a percentage I really like that uh, they've got to go somewhere other than and Mike Evans Mike Evans with uh, Cecil Shorts Humphreys has been uh, he's had a concussion who knows uh, his status in terms of the room. Cameron, um, great. 5,600. 5,600.
600 on FanDuel this week. Cameron Brink. Remember, I give you tight ends every week, Rocks. You liked it how I gave you Ladarius Green last week? He went 6 for 110 and a touchdown. I give you these tight ends. You're like, oh, I need to write that down. This week, Cameron Brake, 5,600. Write it down right now. I'm telling you, he's the man this week. Yo, uh, I don't disagree with that. But okay, so where's your game flow genius, baby? I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say I think I'm gonna say something. I think you're gonna disagree with. Um, that? I heard you the other day, uh, middle of the week, uh, on Shock Callers, which you do uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, live from Rock and Riley's at uh, seven o'clock Eastern. I heard you throwing on a lot of shade on a player you've been throwing shade on all year, and that's Jeremy Hill. Listen, I understand he had a really, really tough week last week against a tough Eagles front seven. And before that, a really, really tough week against the Baltimore Ravens run defense, who is actually the number one run defense in the league. And listen, I'll say right off the bat, he hasn't been that great this season, but I'm going to give him a pass in those matchups, and I'm going to say at $6,900 against a Browns team that's 31st against the run that we believe, even though you think it's a trap game. Hello? Have absolutely nothing to play for. I think he is going to run roughshod over them. He destroyed this defense on less than 10 carries earlier in the season. There's no Geo. There's no timeshare. He's already got seven touchdowns on the season. I think he's going to get in the end zone at least once this week. He's going to pile up yards in the second half as the Cincinnati Bengals salt this game and run the Cleveland Browns into the ground and continue their streak of losses. $6,900, Jeremy Hill, believe it. Nah, yeah, you're right. I disagree with you. I mean, you say there's no timeshare. There actually is a timeshare. Somehow Rex Burkhead is getting carries, getting eight carries last week, getting more yards on the ground than Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill, like you claimed earlier in the episode, Rocks, when you said Dante Moncrief was touchdown dependent, Jeremy Hill is touchdown dependent. You take away his touchdown last week, he had 23 carries for 33 yards. That's why there is a timeshare with Rex Burkhead. And you're right, I do see this game just a little bit differently. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to uh, not only stay competitive, but uh, win the spread and maybe even win their first game of the year. So I do think that there will be no salting away of it for Jeremy Hill. Yes, the Cleveland Browns defense is horrible, but if you're talking gentlemen's bet, name your terms, brother man. I mean, I'll just I'll just bet you that uh, Cincinnati wins the game out of that. <laughs> Let's leave Jeremy Hill out of it, man. That's fine. We already have one gentleman's bet for this week. We gave you our flagship segments, our diamonds in the rough, our game flow geniuses, and our fool gazes. We told you all the games that we really wanted to spotlight here in week 14 as you go into the playoffs. This is Rocks and Speeds dropping stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We gotta wrap it up, but uh, Rocks, we're gonna be holding them down next week as we get closer to the holidays. Some people may still need some cash for their presence. Some people advancing further in their playoffs. We'll be there to hold them down next week. Right, Rocks? Yeah, man, we're going to be with you guys through the fantasy playoffs. We're going to be there through the real-life playoffs, and we're going to switch over a little bit to baseball. We're going to keep it with that hot stove. We got you. Rocks and Speeds got you. If you want to stick a couple dollars in an envelope and mail it to us as a little thank you tip for the hard work we've done this year, we're cool with that. But, but It's like how you tip your super. Rocks. You tip your super exactly. in your building. And we're super. You tip your mailman. You tip your deli man. Tip okay. your the guy who brings you the things for sure, for sure. Um, yo, we bring you things. We bring you all the info you need to win your league and win that cash. Rocks, speeds, fantasy freestyle. Say goodbye to the people, rocks. Yo, goodbye everybody. Same time next week. Or catch us on that audio boom. Subscribe on iTunes. Feel, feel me, feel me, feel me. Happy holidays. Stay warm. Peace, y'all. Alright, we out. See you next week. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook.